Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going oh, on? Oh, partying tonight. Yes, uh, not really partying tonight, no. It's a rainy Thursday evening. Uh, it The coldest fucking April I can ever remember. Uh, barely any leaves on the trees. Okay. Yeah, this, this fucking global warming sucks. Like, I thought it was going to be... <laughs> Basking in just like balmy heat year round, mosquitoes just feeding the birds, uh, feeding the bats, you know, uh, you, and nothing. You do know you're in like the total wrong part of the country. You've lived in much, much balmier, nicer, well, not I don't know, nicer, but warmer all year round climates than, than where you live now. <laughs> well, I mean, when you say, but balmy, then you have to live in the south. I mean, uh, yeah, if you've if you've been to New Orleans in any time of the year. Uh, uh-huh. you, you know, Very in, fucking in the summer, um, it's, you know, you could, you could be a hundred percent humidity and you could still die of dehydration in New Orleans. It's that fucking humid and, and hot at the same mm-hmm. time. So yeah, no, it's fine. It's just, I hate, you know, it's almost May and I'm still looking at fucking bear trees, you know, uh, there, there's birds trying to build a, a nest on, it is the, in fact on my porch light. No, it is. It is May. Yeah. I have birds trying to build a, a nest on my porch light. Um, because there's no fucking leaves on the trees still for some reason. And they're like, oh, well, there's no protection up in the trees. So let's just start trying to, you know, build a nest on top of this fucking porch. Um, so yeah, I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know if I was like, oh, I don't have the heart to like tear it down. Yeah. And then I was actually th- can see like, well, what if I just go build a birdhouse and put that there? Cause I'm also thinking like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to walk in another house and have the fucking mother bird freak out and then start trying to peck my eyes out every time I come in and out of my door. <laughs> And it's literally like it's right there. It was like right, it's yeah. right above the, the fucking door. And then I got home and like the maintenance people working on the downstairs apartment had already come and like torn it down, or whatever. And I was like, all right, well, I don't have to feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually had that happen recently too, because we have these like old shutters on our windows. That, I guess they were like sunshades. They're horrible. I want to get rid of them. But in any event, um, the, the birds, because again, there's no leaves on our trees either they they fucking like build a nest on top of these shutters and i can't get rid of these shutters while these nests are on there so i'm like eh, what should i do but for some reason the wind keeps actually blowing them away so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really poor planning on the uh mother birds part because it's like right in the eaves of the kind of like gutter right. area so it's like really stupid place but in any event uh yeah weather sucks but uh <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, you know, I, we th- it wasn't a super heavy news week, but there's a lot of shit uh, that I want to talk about. Nonetheless, uh, obviously, Biden got into the race last week and we talked about that uh, in his disastrous rollout. But uh, it, I, I'm kind of amazed, like I'm not amazed, but I'm, I'm surprised by how brazen the media is being this go around in going completely all in on biden like even way more so than they did for hillary in terms of like how obvious they're being like i think you said to me earlier like they're just pretending he's the president like it's it's so oh yeah this picture of him (laughs) this giant it was i think it was um was it bloomberg or forbes or whatever i believe yeah and the 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 photo is this head-to-toe photo of him you can see his entire body as he's hopping out of this giant black uh secret service SUV, you know, in the middle of like, you know, buttoning his jacket together all in one motion. It's like this full figure image of him. And it's like he doesn't ride around with a fucking whole detail. I mean, he probably still does. 
but it's like they they just made it like oh he's the president you know and the headline was yeah, like you know tr- uh, biden hits back at trump attacks and it's like what <laughs> this is how you make yep. this this gropey fucking racist old douchebag look like he's you know uh, my, my own mother today said when i when i shared the uh, Biden's praise for Dick Cheney. My uh, mother responded um, that uh, you know simply being VP for a popular president is, does not qualify you to be the Democratic nomination. And I was like, holy shit! My mom's turning into a fucking Marxist over here. <laughs> so I was I was impressed with that. Um, but no, getting the approval of Rachel Maddow makes you qualified to uh, become the Democratic yeah. nominee. So I, I think mom doesn't like him because all this creepy, gropey bullshit. Um, but, uh, you know, policy wise, I we got to keep talking about that stuff, because even before uh-huh. he was VP, his policies were some of the most racist, awful, just fucking terrifying. Uh, you know, women's bodies aren't their own. You know, they have no agency. They shouldn't have full agency over their own bodies. You know, it just fuck everything about them. He 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 might be the worst shit lib out of all the shit libs running. And immediately they have to make up fucking fake poll numbers to make it look like he's a front runner. It, you know polling nobody who's under the age of 50 what's the legal voting age in this country 50 apparently yeah well now so uh you real quick you mentioned the biden cheney comment i actually want to play that out the audio of that because that's uh it's from 2015 but it's so egregious that it kind of uh made the rounds again i don't think most people you know kind of picked up on it at the time because it was like oh it's you know it's vice president joe biden that fucking moron who's you know nobody really cared back then but this is um what he said in 2015 at a at like a conference with like walter mondale i guess first of all i actually like dick cheney for real i i get on with him i think he's a decent man um and uh um when i went to see him uh i didn't talk to him before so yeah he 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 gets he likes Dick Cheney. He gets on with him. He thinks he's a decent man. You know, Dick Cheney, like fucking butcher, like the, the one of the most evil men in human history. Oh yeah, Joe and, Biden and then, thinks then he's he, a decent guy. He went on to say that you know Dick Cheney uh, taught him Joe Biden a lot about the transition into power of of the vice pres- presidency, <laughs> and he also admired Cheney's uh, legal. Uh, framework of what the vice presidency was. And everyone who's who listens to this show hopefully has watched the movie Vice and listened to our review of it and knows that Dick Cheney basically had this this legal theory that the vice president can do anything he wants. You know, yeah, and, and the, executive theory. Exactly. So here's Joe Biden saying he respects that fucking fascist theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and 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 more broadly, and because and Cheney basically thought he was the president, unitary executive theory is this like really fringe idea that a lot of like right wing kind of far right think tanks push, where it's like basically the president li- literally has uh, unilateral authority to do whatever he sees fit, and you know if by any means necessary can go around Congress and go around the you know separation of powers to. Uh, fulfill his agenda which is what they really did hardcore during the initial push for uh the iraq invasion and the afghanistan invasion although they didn't need to because liberals like joe biden were super on board and uh totally willing to vote for the invasion of iraq so that's yeah that that, that's the kind of guy that joe biden thinks is a, a great guy um, but you mentioned also that they're rigging polls for him i just a small smattering here the 
uh, CNN did a uh, favorability poll, like, you know, net favorability. Um, and Biden came in at number one with 81% favorability versus like 20 something percent non, whatever it was. Um, funny thing though, is that, uh, of all the candidates they polled and they polled about 15 candidates, uh, they seem to have left one, uh, Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont out of the poll. So just, just a small oversight to leave, you know, the guy who is, was leading every fucking poll before Joe Biden entered the race out of that uh, favorability poll. Uh, also on MSNBC on Rachel Maddow's show, totally, uh, uh, an honest mistake. I'm sure. Uh, they uh, cited a Monmouth University poll uh, of support among non-white voters. And uh, Joe Biden got 28%. Bernie Sanders got 27%. So Biden barely edged out Bernie among non-white voters. But oh, here, wait, look at this. The Monmouth University poll that they cited has Bernie Sanders at 27% and Joe Biden at 25%. The... um, 28% is what they pulled with from uh, college graduates with a degree for Joe Biden's 28%. (laughs) So they literally fucking faked the statistic. Yeah, Yeah, I don't believe that either. But they they faked a fucking statistic. And I'm sure they'd be like, oh, that was totally an honest mistake. uh, There's too many fucking honest mistakes for this to just be a fucking coincidence. Then you mentioned like earlier that poll of that CNN had just an absurd poll where Biden was like 20 points ahead of Bernie, even though they've been polling at a virtual tie this entire time. Well, they did this uh, before. Turns out they, they, yeah. did, they did this before, but they had to exclude 18 to 34 year olds. They're like, well, it's not that we didn't poll anyone. It's just not enough people responded uh, for there to be a statistical difference. It's like, then your poll is fucking broken. Then your survey method is broken. I've worked in survey research data for a university before. You have to design the poll to get accurate information. You can't just say, well, uh, you know, uh, millennials didn't pick up their the, 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 their home phones, their landlines. Therefore, the you know, here's the data. No, they're just admitting that they only polled half the population. And now they have to fucking cut, cut out, but uh, you know, 35 to 50-year-olds, too, because Bernie's <laughs> still so popular with them. So d- yeah, just that- going back a couple months here uh, to this, this strawpoll.com poll um, that had uh, 11,572 total votes on it from January 15, 2019. Um, let's see here. <laughs> somehow Hillary Clinton was in this poll too. <laughs> I don't know how she got, I think it was just like whoever could possibly jump in. And in January, people still thought like she might fucking do it. Uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, 0.92%. <laughs> uh, Jesse Ventura also was in this poll. Interestingly enough, 3.52%. Cory Booker, 1.58%. <laughs> Cory Booker, 1.58%. Who keep, we keep forgetting is running. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, not doing too bad at 6.8%. Beto O'Rourke, 59 Kamala Harris, uh, Kamala, Kamala, uh, 487 um, Tulsi Gabbard's uh, coming in a strong second at 23.14%. Bernie Sanders, 47%. 47% out of all these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got half the vote. Uh, Joseph Biden, 4%. This is a this is a straw poll of a, you know almost twelve thousand votes, right? And you could say that well, if it's on the internet, that's an oversampling of people who 
uh, are able to stay awake after 10 p.m., you know, after murder she wrote's <laughs> over. Uh, but it, it's just it's the idea that Joe Biden is the, the front runner with 38 percent of the vote is a fucking lie. And they know it's a fucking lie. And all they can do right now is to desperately make people that are convinced that only uh, the front runner defined by CNN can take on Trump. It's exactly the fucking same mistake. There, there were the, the dueling articles on uh, Washington post and New York times today. It said, uh, you know, one was like, uh, uh, Trump will easily be beaten in 2020. And the next one was anyone who doesn't agree that, uh, uh, Trump will be easy to beat in 2020 is just being ridiculous. It's like this is exactly the same fucking Amanda Marcotti bullshit that said liberals should root for Trump in 2016. He'll be easier to beat. <laughs> yes, and even more shit from this week. Uh, oh, and of course, that CNN poll you mentioned literally uh, didn't poll anyone under the or di- didn't uh, include anyone's stats under the age of 50 because they didn't have enough statistical relevant uh numbers to even factor them in so that that poll was literally a poll of uh 50 plus democratic voters so yeah i'm I'm sure that that is accurate for 50 50 plus democratic voters um sure but i mean but, if a telemarketer can get my phone number and call me on my cell phone i'm pretty sure that cnn can do the same fucking yeah, thing they want to get an actual sampling size but they don't want to do that they they're no. so terrified of of polling anybody who's from the legal voting age all the way up to middle age that they just say, nope, we're not going to do it. Those people don't exist. Those voters don't count. Their opinions would skew the poll because they're biased towards the guy that actually wanted to give, wants to give people uh, material things in their life that they need. Fundamental things like healthcare, housing, a clean environment, uh, free college tuition. We can't let those people bias our poll. And, and it's just so funny because these same polls, uh, you know, a couple like a week ago before Biden announced some had Biden ahead by like four or five points. Some had Bernie kind of tied with him. A couple had him ahead by a point or two. Uh, all of a sudden you see this seismic jump and then you look at the methodology and you're like, oh, no, they're just totally trying to fit the the result they want to their methodology. Like there's no actual proper methodology being done in any of these polls. And nobody gives a fuck because most people aren't that wonky that they look at the you know, the methodology of how these polls are conducted, like, oh, Biden's winning. I guess he's, you know, the best chance we have to beat Trump. I guess I should support him, even if I'm not crazy about it. That's the way that they're trying to build fucking consent for Biden again, sure. the same way that they, for Hillary. They, they only have to have one bullshit poll, and then every little fucking worm at the New York Times, uh, like Paul Krugman, can can say, uh, you know, oh, well, the trouble with Joe Biden is the same thing that the trouble with Bernie, and that, you know, even though Joe Biden's the clear front runner, uh, you know, Bernie just doesn't, he's not real. Like, they can even frame it in that way where it pretends to be criticism but it's still Mm -hmm. ramming it down our throats that Biden's a front runner and there's no fucking way because we have we know that (laughs) the last three times he ran he got between 0.3% of the vote and 3% of the vote so they have to they have to carry him they gotta carry this fucking lifeless corpse of a gropey racist piece of shit around and they'll do it they'll doesn't matter how much they have to debase themselves or how ridiculous they look they will do fucking anything to stop bernie fucking sanders yeah no absolutely they did and i don't they have no qualms about using the superdelegates to stop bernie if it comes down to it if bernie somehow you know manages to win over uh 
the the majority of pledged delegates you know even with all the chicanery that goes on in the states where there are caucuses and shit like that they'll still fuck them at the convention and i i think that they would they're already building they're already building uh their case for that like you see a lot of articles from people like paul krugman and, sh- and you know shitheads like that where they're laying out the case for doing that and it's like they know that people will literally fucking riot you know and and and, and disrupt that convention they don't give a fuck then they don't give a fuck that they're gonna doom uh, the party and and citizens of this country by doing that they just cannot fucking because their jobs are on the line they know that if bernie gets in they're fucking never gonna have uh work in the democratic party and it's like they're fighting for their lives but they're fighting to keep this horrible fucking disgusting corrupt system in place so they'll they'll fight him in any dirty fucking disgusting underhand way they can comcast is terrified of bernie uh raytheon boeing is terrified of bernie uh, they're afraid of losing weapons contracts. Um, Amazon is terrified of Bernie. Disney is terrified of Bernie. They're all terrified of Bernie because they see a loss of potentially, a, you know, one, two, three, four trillion dollars over the next ten years if Bernie's president. That we're not we're not talking about like oh Amazon didn't get to build their headquarters in New York City. We're talking about like uh, Amazon employees are now unionizing and, and taking over, right? Uh, you know, and it's just it's. It's disgusting that people will fall for it yet again and say, well, Joe, Joe's just misunderstood. He's just, you know, he's, he's always been, you know, Obama, he was Obama's VP, uh, even though he put the giant letter N over Obama on Instagram, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, and and for anyone to in good faith say that Joe Biden is, you know, the face of the Democratic Party. Joe Biden is is probably worse than fucking Joe Lieberman on policy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 especially for these times. I mean, Lieberman's definitely a product of his time, and you know, maybe even to the right of Biden. But for these times that we're in now, Biden is is worse uh, for the Democrats than than Lieberman was. Um, another fucking fake bullshit uh, stat that was uh, brought up on Maddow show. Um, she put up a chart about a uh, percentage of donations that came from female uh, donors, uh, you know, a percentage of women that were, you know, that, that donated to a campaign and then she had Bernie down near like 21% or some absurd number. Uh, and one of his surrogates tweeted out uh, of the 525,000 people who d- uh, donated to Bernie's campaign in the first quarter, 46% were women. In fact, it is virtually certain that more women have donated to our campaign than any other. And then Sean King actually figured out the the bullshit stats that she was using. More women have donated to the Bernie Sanders campaign than any other campaign. But Matt out looking only at donations from women above the $200 threshold, which are less than 2% of Bernie's donors, said the lack of women above that threshold means Bernie has a problem with women. So she just made up a fake fucking stat to fit her narrative and just put it on her TV for millions of fucking idiot viewers to, you know, take in and internalize and then the narrative becomes well bernie doesn't do well with women who can't really support him you know even if i like his policies he, he's not gonna he's not gonna win the women so you know we gotta we gotta i guess go yeah. to whoever's getting the most it's just so brazen and fucking like obvious like they're just I... but right yeah, i mean they'll, I, they'll do anything <laughs> if that if 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 it was even remotely watchable 
uh, Rachel Maddow, if that stat was out there, guarantee, you know, a million more women would vote to Bernie that day if they heard that. They'd be like, what the yeah, fuck? Right. We have it, ladies, we haven't been doing our part. And of course, actually, they have been. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and, and why isn't that shit? Why aren't they exposing that shit on TYT? Why aren't they fucking exposing Rachel Maddow and how corrupt the media is? They want to say, well, like Jang today said, well, I don't know the media has a deliberate bias. I think it's just they accidentally have a bias. You're a fucking moron. You're a fucking liar the same way they are, Jank. You piece of shit. You fucking cover those people because you want to get on those shows and have your guest slots. Because that's all this is to you. You don't care about speaking truth to power. You want to get on TV the same as Anna Kasperi wants to get on TV. You fucking bleach your hair blonde so you can go on Fox News. That's all this fucking is to you is celebrity and showmanship. And, you know, it's, it's true that you never turned out an opportunity to be on TV. But if you have to be a fucking liar and shill for the for the moderates and the centrists out there to do it, fuck you. To be fair, I don't know that he's doing that on purpose or if that's genuinely how he thinks. Like, if he just is that much of a liberal, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's, deli- like, I, I just think he's a liberal. Like, I, you know, it's so, just. So you think that, that Jenk saying that the mainstream media not having a bias isn't his, is just his unknown bias? I don't buy that for a minute. He's a company man. He fucking plays ball for that $20 million in, in corporate dem money that he got to run that place he doesn't believe in in the values i believe in he doesn't believe in a democratized workplace he doesn't believe in socialism he wants you to pretend socialism is is funding the military that's not fucking socialism well so i know what i mean is that i just don't know if he fundamentally understands the issue with i like i i don't know i mean who knows i mean chomsky always says like it's not that people get put in those seats to deliberately mislead people. It's just that you wouldn't be yes, in that seat if you, if you knew better. Rachel Maddow was no, put no, no, in that seat like, to deliberately mislead people because no, she's no, no, smart. She's and a fucking Rhodes scholar. Right. But so, most, most print journalists, like, I, I, so Chomsky made this point about Washington Post reporters who won't write bad shit about Jeff Bezos. Right. So he was saying like, I think he was actually doing a, an interview with a Washington Post reporter. And he was talking about how, uh, insanely corrupt it is that Bezos owns this paper and that they mm-hmm. won't write negative stories about him. And and the guy's like, how can you say that we're deliberately, you know, not writing uh, negative stories about him? And uh, like, how can you say, how can you, how can you impugn our intent like that? He's like, no, 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 I'm not impugning your intent. Like, I, I, I believe that you think the things that you do. But, I, but again, you wouldn't be in the seat if you didn't believe the things that you did. Like you were picked for that seat. Sure, no, they're, they're paid to believe those things. But if they if they generally didn't know better, they would be. Terrible. But they find idiots too, you know. Right, but like, okay, so the difference between Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity is that Bill O'Reilly is stupid enough to believe the bullshit he thinks. Sean Hannity doesn't believe a fucking word of what he says, and that's why he's ten times better at selling it because he knows how to fucking how to twist it. He's smart enough to know that it's a lie and do it anyway. Right, these people. Carlson's actually post. better than that than any of them. Yeah, uh, no, he's he he'll, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He's just he's there for yeah. a paycheck, right? So, so my point is like you know they they know better because when you go to write a you know a political post, you you have your own bias, but if you're aware of it, you would either put it out for all to see and be honest about that bias, or you would be objective and and try to do something that is just fundamentally here's the facts. Right. Well, they try to pretend like they don't have a bias. Well, anyone that pretends they don't have a bias is the most biased person in the room and dangerous because they don't recognize their own bias. 
right? They're, they think that they have no, you know, ill intent with what they're doing, right? So it, it's it's worse almost than somebody that just comes around and says, "Yeah, we're Fox and Friends. We hate black people." Like it's like they're they're not they're not tricking people into yeah. believing evil shit who aren't already evil. Yeah, no, that's true. I actually retweeted something earlier that reminds me of this. Uh, Dave Anthony was saying like every journalist that went to school in the 2000s grew up thinking that the West Wing was how politics uh, actually did and actually should work. And that accounts for like 90% of the problem in today's political discourse, because that's if you haven't watched that show, it, it is such a fucking absurdly a flowery portrayal of centrism as like this ascendant political ideology. And it, it's so fucking gross. And actually it's really funny unintentionally in retrospect to watch it. it but it, it's just such a bad fucking it, Aaron Sorkin, you know, West wing. So it's like, if you've seen the newsroom, you, you've seen his brand of centrism, like modern day, but it, it was like on steroids, like when when the West. Oh, Wing yeah. Was, well, know, and you see the ads for his masterclass bullshit on YouTube and he talks about mm-hmm. bad dialogue and he's like, nobody starts the sentence with the word, damn it, you know, in real life. And I'm like, nobody fucking talks like your characters talk in real life either, you piece of shit. Nobody walks furiously down a hallway having a conversation like you fucking have everyone do in every one of your fucking shows, Aaron Sorkin. No, <laughs> like that doesn't fucking happen. um, yeah i mean these people pretend they're paid enough to lie to themselves into believing that the things they say are are true and and the things they write are virtuous um but these people don't have shame right so they're it's very easy for them to lie to themselves into that thing that doesn't mean because they believe the lie that they're not still lying it's not that they don't know better. These people are smart enough to know better, and they still choose to do the wrong thing. They still choose to support yeah. somebody who uh, is basically a climate change denier, but because they they're, they got a D next to their name, they are not scrutinized in the same way. Um, they're, they're paid to shield. I think it's for- like a mix of really dumb people and really uh, shameless people. Like that, they're that not dumb people though, because they ask the same questions every fucking day, and then go, "Oh, that's really interesting," and they pretend like they've processed something, and they deliberately have a wall up to prevent them from cognizing something and drawing a larger conclusion. Because the very next time, it's like, "Well, Bernie, how are you going to pay for that?" Like he just fucking told you yesterday, you ignorant fucking asshole at fucking CNBC, wherever the fuck you from. Anderson Cooper, yeah, no, he, yeah, uh, yeah. People like Anderson Cooper, Chris Cuomo, of course, no fucking better. They ask the same questions every single time. They don't ask those questions of anybody else who actually, even people like Elizabeth Warren, who propose, uh, you know, uh, what would be tan- tantamount to expensive policies that are for social good, never get asked like, how are you going to pay for that? It's only, you know, obviously we got to take out Bernie, make him look foolish, make him look like he's a child who doesn't understand how economics works. You know, it's just, yeah, no, it's blatant. But have you considered, according to Vogue's photo shoot with Pete Buttigieg, he is a policy wonk with sex appeal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, the guy who proudly says he's he's into values, not policy, now suddenly needs to, you know, realized he went too far into that fucking void of thoughtlessness and now has to brand himself (laughs) as a policy wonk, yet has no policy page up on his website. But so even even better from that photo shoot, from that cover image, the subheader from the Vogue thing that he participated in was Vogue's Buttigieg photo shoot shows that blandness can sizzle. <laughs> that blandness. <laughs> this is fucking I mean, the onion. I, I, it's just a fucking onion. I, 
yeah i i just can't believe this is real life this is a real fucking conversation we're having (laughs) he's going nowhere because nobody you know there was a poll like oh 70 percent of americans would be okay with a gay president uh and and how many would be okay with a, a short president with a name that you can easily mock not many so, not many. Sorry, no, sorry, it, Mayor Pete, but you have no constituency. I actually, I actually read an article about how it is super fucking hard for short people to win the president. Like, there's an actual like measured statistic where the taller candidate wins like seventy something percent. It, because it's just optics. When you're on TV, sure, it, Pete Buttigieg next to Donald Trump is just going to look like a little fucking pipsqueak. He's going to look like a little kid. Yeah. Donald Trump's going to domineer him. And and it's just not gonna. It's it's terrible optics. Well, I think it's, people perceive Bernie as short. Because, you know, there's that photo making the rounds of this this old guy at a checkout lane. And everyone's like, "Oh, Bernie does his own shopping." And I, I've looked at him like that's not Bernie for one because it's not the same jacket. We only know he has one jacket. Uh, he, he, you know, it, he he's like waist high with the shopping cart. And Bernie in real life is six feet tall. Bernie's not short at all. And if you're six feet tall, you're and you're standing fully upright. You're not going to your waist is going to be higher than the fucking handle of a shopping cart. That's just that they're not that big, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I was just like, all right, well, it's it's a cute sentiment. I, I, we know that Bernie does do his own shopping because we've seen in real pictures yeah. of Bernie and Jane going to Costco. Um, but it's just it's like he, he's this hunched over little man and people think that's Bernie Sanders. And it's like, no, you've seen him next to Killer Mike. So you think that he's short, but he, that's only because Killer Mike's like eight feet tall. Um, but Bernie's actually a really big guy, too. So the only reason I thought it was also Bernie's because Sirota actually tweeted it out. <laughs> Sirota is like his like camp, like advisor or something. He's like pretty high up in his campaign so maybe, he, maybe he was just doing it as a joke though but maybe, no he's just like maybe, maybe he just thought it was. Now. you you put the you put a picture with someone's name on it and it's the back of their head and people just go oh it yeah. must be um his, yeah. his hair even though it's under a hat his hair seemed denser and a little bit whiter um so oh, you know another, another tell speaking of which you know what sirota actually wrote his his quote his tweet was really funny it was like i bet bernie knows how a uh, grocery uh grocery scanner works unlike some people <laughs> referencing the george hw bush like not understanding how a fucking like grocery checkout less scanner worked like when he would do you ever see that like photo op where he i, I didn't even know about this somebody put, turned me on to this he apparently like went for a photo op and he was like fascinated by how like a grocery scanner because he never, he never been in like, a he never bought his he's own never been a grocery store yeah Yeah. we just say we got we got the butler to go pick up uh, our our ribs um so what did he do with the fucking laser scanner was he like sticking his face in it and shit or i i I, he was like oh wow that's how that works huh (laughs) like he was just like why ain't that they're a friendly robot just ring up ringing up my beans yeah he doesn't fucking he doesn't know um Um, (laughs) so you know, while we're still talking about Biden, apparently his strategy, his media strategy is like briskly run past reporters without answering a single question, because every time he opens his mouth, uh, he says something fucking stupid. Uh, so this reporter for uh, Getty Images tweeted out uh, a reporter approached Joe Biden to ask a question and a member of his staff told the reporter to leave. When the reporter explained that they were just doing their job, the staffer said, she was too. Uh, the staffer then took a photo of the reporter. This is from Iowa, like, you know, the state where he's trying to win people's primary votes. Uh, a different reporter just told me that yesterday a staff member physically put their body between the reporter and Joe Biden. The reporter said they weren't even that close and that there were several supporters between the reporter and Biden. The second reporter tells me the staffer physically invaded their space to the point that the 
reporter could smell the staffer's ponytail. It's pretty on brand for one of Joe Biden's staffers. <laughs> it's ponytail? Um, what the fuck? <laughs> A third reporter just told me that a staff member physically put their body between Joe Biden and the reporter moments ago at his at this rally in Des Moines. Third reporter just told me that the Biden staffer blocked his camera shot by putting up her hands. Uh, And then what are they trying to hide? Like the back of his head where you can't you can see where the hair plugs are coming out. Like probably. Yeah. Uh, You notice how much hair he had in the the 90s versus now. And he's got like this like lion's mane of, you know, from the front. As long as you you don't turn around and see the back of his head where you can see where it's all fake. (laughs) Yeah. And you just look at videos from him from like 10 years ago. He looks like the fucking Crypt Keeper and his hair is like completely gone. So it's obvious. Yeah. But uh, and then that guy's also tweeted uh, Joe Biden staffers just tried to remove us from what appears to be a public parking lot saying that we could not ask questions. Uh, and then he said he was also physically blocked by a staffer from trying to ask Joe Biden a question. So that's 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 really great uh, for somebody that is going to lead the party uh, for to not ever want to have a single question asked to them. That that seems to be a, a good uh, person to lead your party. <laughs> totally transparent, not at all problematic. Right. And, and who in the mainstream media will report on that happening to those reporters? Nobody. Not a fucking person. No. No. Yeah. Well, um, you know, while we're on the subject of Biden, uh, I, I want to mention his tweet on Venezuela today because or I, well, I actually it was from two days ago. So, you know, the situation in Venezuela is uh, disastrous. The U.S. is, of course, supporting a coup uh, using their CIA fucking spook Juan Guaido to try to overthrow a democratically elected government. And, uh, you know, forcibly depose Nicolas Maduro through military coup. Uh, Now, you know, typically uh, when we do these sorts of things uh, in the past, we've done them on the DL. The CIA just goes in and does them. We find out about it after the fact. We go, oh, I guess we were uh, the cause of that, uh, you know, destabilizing coup in, in, you know, random Latin American country X. but they're they're so brazen about it at this point. I mean, they bring you know they they don't even feel the need to hide it. So they brought in Elliot Abrams, who of course is known liar and fomenter of coups, and you know every uh, conceivable uh, horrible. It, he was part of the t- 2003 Venezuela coup, so it's like they're not even uh, hiding it. But then you see yesterday all these liberals just openly supporting this this disgusting coup attempt by this this you know maniac administration that they all claim is a danger to world security and you know can't be trusted with with the nuclear codes so this is what biden tweeted about venezuela um and then i'll read you uh, what pelosi tweeted uh biden tweeted uh the violence in venezuela today against peaceful protesters is criminal Maduro's regime is responsible for incredible suffering. That's not true. U.S. must stand with the National Assembly and Guaido in their efforts to restore democracy through legitimate, internationally monitored elections. I mean... (laughs) So basically, Trump. Basically. I mean, almost the same thing that Trump's been saying. Um, It's the same. uh, Yeah. yeah, It could have been John Bolton's statement. Jimmy Dore had a great video on um, uh, the the failed coup attempt. I feel like they're trying to make it look like there's way more of a coup going on than even there actually is, where he got like the CIA pays off a couple of heads of the military to go to a rally with this guy. And then there's like almost no actual people there. 
but they get it on social media and then they can like broadcast all over the world, make it look like there's this widespread opposition. And there's like literally a couple dozen people there to hear supposedly the legitimate president of the nation speak on a megaphone. <laughs> and he only got well, every dozens. time he goes in public, he, he almost gets murdered like Juan Guaido. Like the people fucking loathe him because he's trying to, you know, destroy their social safety net and bring this disgusting, right. you know, imperialist well, capitalism into he, their he's calling country for that was functioning a, very well. An armed insurrection against their their country. You know, if you want to find out if you really have free speech or not in a dictatorship or democracy, start calling for the violent overthrow of the government and see how far you get. You know, yeah. and and clearly, he, if you're calling for a, 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 a military uprising, that is a call for violence. This guy who's backed by Joe Biden and Donald Trump is calling for a violent military uprising against the democratically elected government. So what is that? What do you call that? I mean, yeah. it's a coup, but like, what do you call it when you that's treason? When you call for the violent yeah. overthrow of your government, that is fucking treason. That's what the well, that's what the Confederate States of America did. Well, I mean, you know, they weren't they were just like, well, we're on our own thing now, but still, no, it, it's yeah, it's exactly like that. I was thinking that Guaido is basically like Robert Lee, like Robert E. Lee. It's like you know, if you're supporting, it's just preposterous that you know everyone's fucking hair is on fire and we're still having fucking sham hearings about William Barr and the Mueller report. And these congressmen are showing up with buckets of fried chicken because William Barr is too chicken to testify. Are you fucking kidding me? You're having these hearings because, because of perceived interference through social media of fucking Russian bots. And we're literally arming and funding and propping up a fucking coup in another country a democratically elected leader and, and you're gonna and you're gonna cry about fucking twitter bots like give me a it's so disgustingly well, fucking hypocritical clearly it's they insane. don't support us overthrowing the maduro regime with with dank memes we they they won't cross that line <laughs> anthony uh yeah and, and people say oh it's you know uh Ber Ber trump is bernie's fault um you know, it, it, Trump is Susan Sarandon's fault because we could have had the first female president and things would have been totally different if Hillary was president. Uh, here's a quote from Hillary Clinton about Maduro in Venezuela. I hope that Maduro and his close associates will seek exile. So she's, she's basically telling him he has to flee his own country or what? Is that a yeah. fucking threat? Uh, hey, president, I, democratically elected president, seek exile. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope that there will not be the need for any kind of military intervention by anybody, whomever they may be supporting. And it will take some dipl uh, delicate diplomacy to work that through. So she's saying she's not saying she's opposed to military intervention, the U.S. sending armed forces into Venezuela to topple a democracy. She's saying she hopes there won't be the need for it. So she's clearly saying that if oh. if he doesn't seek exile, there will be the need to topple the democracy, a left wing democracy with the U.S. military. That's Hillary Clinton's exact fucking quote. So what I'm gathering is that, you know, all these people who are talking about Donald Trump being this existential threat and like, oh, you should have supported Hillary. She's not nearly as bad as Trump. We would have gotten a fucking coup whether or not Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump was president. We would have got it the and first it probably. Month. It would have happened way it probably <laughs> would have been more successful because Hillary wouldn't be so brazen. She wouldn't bring in Elliot Abrams to do it. She would have the CIA do it on the fucking down low and just take him out with a drone. Like she would, she wouldn't, 
she would actually accomplish it because she's sneakier than Trump and less, right. well, you know, and stupid. she has experience doing it, whereas Trump has never done it. I mean, how many coups mm-hmm. has Hillary Clinton orchestrated? Haiti in what, 2004, Honduras, uh, Libya. She knows how to fucking take out, you know, any regime, whether it's democratic or an actual dictatorship. She doesn't give mm-hmm. a fuck. It's all, this, you know, it's, it's anyone that's nationalized their resources and, you know, is, is a secular country. She's like, yeah, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't we topple their, their fucking administration? Um, so nope. yeah. And you know, it's Ellery Abrams and John Bolton are, are monsters. Sure. But again, they're too belligerent to be really effective at what they do because they want to do it in the open. They want the credit for it. And that's what makes mm-hmm. them just so revulsive that they're actual uh, ideologues. They believe in it. Right. Right. You know, whereas Hillary Clinton's like, oh, well, what if the West Wing was all about sending drones into uh, foreign countries to to blow up Julian Assange? <laughs> like, what if that was the, the values of West Wing? And when you get down to it, that show kind of is the values of that. It's still like this hyper nationalistic uh, brand of, of liberalism that, you know, you know o- only it, it, pretends to be about uh, diversity and marginalized communities. You know what it really is? These people, people like Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden grew up in the 50s with really comfortable lives, but they grew up with parents who, you know, supported the democratic party. So they have this really flowery idea of, of liberalism and America. And if we could just bring America back to that and there, it's not the same, like, Oh, let's bring America back to when everyone was racist, but really it is like, they don't think it is, but it really, you know what I mean? Like they think that, Oh, I just want to bring it back to where everyone had, you know, a, a, a nice, a nice uh, garage and a house with a garage and a, a chicken in every pot. It's like, no, you fucking had that because you were an upper middle class white family. Like you were like, it wasn't like that for everybody. And they don't fucking realize that. So they, they do the same shit that Republicans do when they cl- clamor for the fifties, except it's in, you know, they think they're not being racist when they do it, but it's the same fucking group of people. So they share the same, which is why they fucking line up on so many policy positions. They basically have the same set of policy values, but they just like to think of themselves as more civil and less uh, hateful. It's really not true. Right. And, and um, when you suggest anything that would swing the pendulum so that other people could enjoy the upbringing they had, they will mm-hmm. vehemently block it. They'll block a living wage. They'll block a Green New Deal. Uh, Amy Klobuchar will say, nah, I don't really support tuition-free college. But uh, what if we handed out a few more Pell Grants every year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know what it's like? It's like if there were two ladders like up to of upward mobility – and the Republicans are on top of one, just, you know, like light, like lighting, like dynamite fuses to try to blow the ladder. And then like the Democrats and Joe Biden are on the other one, like scolding the Republicans while like simultaneously sawing at their ladder. Like that's that's I think that's a perfect <laughs> a good microcosm. Image. Yeah. You know, like yeah. somebody needs to draw that if any, any we have any talented listeners. But um, so here, here's Nancy Pelosi's, uh, you know, uh, comment on the venezuela situation this is the leader of the democrats in the house that you know all the progressives voted for so this is what uh leader of the democrats nancy pelosi thinks about the venezuela situation venezuelans must be allowed to peacefully protest without fear of government retribution maduro needs to acknowledge the will of the venezuelan people whose moving calls for democracy have been heard around the world so it's just a total fucking fiction bullshit fucking narrative that she's pushing there Maduro isn't cracking down on peaceful protests. He actually is letting a, a fucking armed 
uh, insurrection go on fairly unabated because he doesn't he knows that the U.S. is just trying to incite uh, to create an inciting incident to give them sure. a pretense to go in. No, exactly. And he's being really fucking disciplined and not doing anything when he really actually has every right to fucking crush this thing because they're trying yeah. to violently depose him. If, I mean, if there was somebody else's true, you know, some traitor was rolling tanks around the city calling for a military uprising. What do you think would happen to them in this country? Uh, the, the bastion yeah. of, of liberty and freedom and democracy. Uh, and I also noticed that, you know, uh, they all have their shared talking points because they, they all have the same consultants. They all get on, on board with each other. Pelosi and Hillary Clinton and Biden all saying, well, you know, are we Maduro is opposing peace and, uh, you know, these uh, peaceful demonstrations are being attacked, which as we we've talked about isn't true if it was true you would see it on every fucking network nonstop, and it's it it's not happening they have to fake fucking footage to make that even right they they literally jake tapper today tweeted out a a, a photo of like oh look at these look at these uh maduro um troops mowing down protesters you know they had blue armbands on you know blue armbands signify fucking opposition uh, so then uh, Venezuelan soldiers who who like turned traitor and are now like supporting the opposition. Right. So he didn't even do a fucking modicum of research and tweets out this video because some asshole probably fucking told him to. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. I, I support whatever regime change we're a part of. Sure. I'm a real fucking journalist. Well, like to, to my point, though, the Biden and Pelosi's and Hillary Clinton's, um, where were their calls of outrage when, uh, you know, troops under Obama were shooting at, uh, you know, peaceful protesters at the, the KXL tar sands, you know, at the, at the Standing Rock. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when a girl got her fucking arm blown off by a grenade thrown by a fucking SWAT thug, SWAT commando, um, you know, where where okay. was their call for toppling that country's government? <laughs> no, their rage was reserved people. for the people. There were, yeah, their rage was reserved for the people who were making Obama look bad by protesting his shitty fucking climate policy. You know, these people who who they're like, well, what are you doing? He's the, he's a liberal. What do you why? How? You know, I, I, I still remember the fucking reactions of people who were like infuriated that people were protesting Obama's, you know, quote unquote climate policy and talking about his his climate accomplishment. It's fucking preposterous. Yeah, like, I, it's just I, so- same. I, I was just like, name one. Name one climate accomplishment of Barack Obama. Oh, he he stopped the KXL. Like he put it on a, a three month hi, three month hiatus for a, another mm-hmm. review, which easily got passed. You know that pipeline was ninety nine percent built by the time he did that too, and that was in like the eleventh hour of his presidency, like literally, literally the last six months of his presidency. Yeah. Oh, uh, they'll also say, oh, he well, he stopped. Uh, he he closed the Arctic to drilling. He opened the Arctic to drilling twice. Yeah, he stopped it on his way out so that Trump had to reopen it and look bad, and you can give a political win yeah. to the Democrats. He let he fucking let them he, drill in the Arctic for most of his term. Yeah, he he let Shell go up there with a little exploratory drill on an icebreaker, um, which actually got delayed just long enough to hit bad weather and have to turn right back around when they made it up there. Thanks to people who were doing direct action. Uh, on the fucking on the river in in you know when they were in port down here in the U.S., um, people who actually did gave a fuck about the environment, who actually did something, went out there and caused an international incident, um, you know, against Obama's climate policy of letting Shell drill for oil in the Arctic. We had the fucking worst climate, uh, you know, worst oil spill 
in the world history while Obama was president, and he wouldn't step in to cap that well. Said, "Well, it's BP's problem. We can't intervene because then we're responsible. Oh, so we can only, you know, let the livelihood of you know, the entire coast be destroyed and the entire sea turn dead and dump chemicals on it, and the the floor of the Caribbean is mostly still dead because of all these chemicals. But no one, you know, no one goes down there, so no one could tell." Uh, we, yeah, they still fucking wash up oil slicked in the in the, in the yeah, Gulf. It's and like it's still leaking too. You can't clean that. It's up. still you fucking leaking to this day. Up. So uh, yeah, and he still didn't ban Arctic uh, ban drilling in the Gulf either. He didn't ban fucking offshore no. drilling. Like he, it, it's just they'll, they'll put a moratorium on drilling when there's like some expensive waterfront property, right? Because they don't want to mm-hmm. like have the the. The, the oil washing up from a, a breached well on, you know, Nantucket beaches, because that wouldn't good, look good for tourism, right? Or it's property values. Yeah, mean, come exactly. On. But it's, if it's, if it's uh, you know, crawdad fishermen or along the Louisiana coast, like they already fucking, you know, he doesn't give a shit about those people. Those people but don't give a shit about the ecology no, either, by the way. Um, they're the ones that don't want to uh, ha- let the, the, the Mississippi River actually be allowed to flow out and, and re- uh, you know, saliate the, um, not saliate, that's the wrong word, like sediment, re, re-sedimentate, <laughs> I think that's the word, uh, the, the entire Gulf yeah. area, because that would mean that they want, they can't do, uh, saltwater, um, shrimp killing as close to shore as they'd used to be able to, because the shrimp don't like the freshwater, right? Well, the reason that New Orleans is sinking is because they've diverted all the sediment away from the city for 150 years. So that's why it's sinking below sea level right now. Um, so yeah, just it's just on every front, terrible climate policy from liberals, terrible ecological policy, terrible urban policy, just across the board. Democrats, I, I coming from like a... I don't really think of it as far left. I think of it as very kind of mainstream conservation point of view in my politics that Democrats are just not, if not just as bad, if not worse than Republicans in a lot of cases, we just don't think of them that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and because they managed to trick some portion of the left or, you know, the democratic base into uh, complacency with horrible, extremely dirty forms of energy like fracking. And you, you know, it, it's just, they're so disingenuous. I was looking earlier for that Pelosi tweet and I was on her page and, and she was talking about how they, they passed in the house, this act on climate now bill, whatever it was. And I was like, oh, wow, they actually passed some climate legislation. And I click on it and all it is, is ur- an, an act urging president Trump not to pull out of the Paris climate accords. That's their big fucking climate plan that they passed in the House. That's not even going to get through the Senate, nor get signed by Donald Trump. And even if it did, all it would do is say, hey, re-enter that fucking voluntary bullshit climate agreement that still allows you to continue to burn fossil fuels and just cap it at a certain allowable threshold where we're like hey you know what we're cool with warming the planet this much like that's all the fucking bullshit paris climate accord no that's that's not what it is there's no cap anthony um no no it's 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 in a suggestion it's not an actual cap it's in a it's a suggestion of like hey we shouldn't warm the planet more than this much the the paris climate accord the agreement they came to that trump thinks is even too bad that obama was like yes this is great and all the climate people who don't actually work in climate justice that thought was so great is only an agreement at to which rate carbon emissions will increase. There is no cap whatsoever. It's only an agreed upon rate of increase. That's what the Paris climate accord is. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, well, but that's what I'm saying. It's like they were saying, like, let's not increase it past this amount at at this rapid of a rate. But it literally does nothing to stop climate change. It oh. does not. It does nothing to. So they, uh, they agree how much up. they'll raise the cap every year. Uh-huh. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's going to do nothing to stop us from blowing past the two degree Celsius, you know, warming uh, rate in the average ocean temperature which every scientist on the fucking planet says is totally going to doom us to massive massive climate um re you know just going to create billions of climate refugees it's going to create massive uh disruptions in the uh ocean currents in the in the conveyor belt system of the ocean currents because all the ice caps are going to melt at that rate so this was something that pelosi explicitly did to try to look like she's taking action on the climate while opposing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal, right? So everyone thinks that, mm-hmm. that you know, Pelosi was on board with it because she said, oh, this is a great idea. Well, she doesn't support it whatsoever. She won't sign on to it. She'll do everything to block it. She had a really bizarre quote because you know how she's like, she's she's going senile and she kind of slurs her words and her, her yeah, sentences. Yeah, she sounds like she's she sounds six drunk. fucking wine yeah. glasses. And, um, yeah. and, and just try to make sense out of this sentence. I'm going to go slow. This was a quote from this Bloomberg article about her, uh, you know, citing Obama's in action on climate change for why we should continue to take no action on climate change. Mm-hmm. Quote, we must make the Republican denial face the reality of what the Trump administration is doing to our natural environment and our constitutional environment. So just, I'll I'll read the sentence again. We must make the Republican, not the Republicans face their denial. We must make the Republican denial face. The denial face. Are she saying the, what didn't even make any sense as a sentence. Anyway. This this is the Speaker of the the House. The Speaker of the House. um, uh, What the Trump administration is doing to our natural environment and our constitutional environment. What the fuck is a constitutional environment? What does that even mean? There's no such thing as a constitutional environment. The environment in which the Constitution, the the climate-controlled little box they keep the piece of paper in that everyone signed. Um, And then she says this, uh, we must act with the boldness – oh, no, I'm sorry. We must act with the boldest common denominator to repair the damage (laughs) and build a better future. The lowest common common denominator means the the least you can do. The least you can do is a common denominator because it's something everyone agrees on. There's nothing bold about you know a bell curve. The boldest common denominator. That's literally a word that that some fucking Washington PR firm consultant was like, "Oh man, check this shit out." Boldest common denominator. Bam. Fucking two hundred thousand dollars got to be paid for my services. That is like centrism vocabulary hall of fame. That word that is top five centrist phrase that I've ever heard. Dare we be as good as we are right now? I don't see how we could reach any higher. Reach for the stars. Just reach for the lowest one possible. Yeah. Right. So like, let's be as bold as the least bold among the entire caucus. Let's just be as bold as the most conservative member of our party. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, it's, but, it's, and, it's, but, but the Democrats still fucking. This is what fucking people say. No, this is neoliberalism. Like, no, this is fucking liberalism. liberalism. Liberalism is always about protecting the status quo. Nothing's good or bad. It's just you know the the uh, you know the the uh, 
exclamatory vision just, just fuck it it's just insane word salad it means nothing it literally it's just inventing words to make something sound like an idea to make the idea of you know the earth dying and us pretending to to do something about it sound sexy literally they are are making the death of the planet into a wedge issue that they kick around as a political football uh and millions of people are going to die Right, they they yeah. could take action. They have the house. They had they uh, they have the fucking house right now. They could pass a green new deal. They just had to get everyone yeah. in the Democratic Party to vote for it. And Pelosi's the leader of the party and says, "Well, hey, guess what? If you don't support the green new deal, I'm going to get you primaried. I'm going to take all the party money away from 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 your reelection that that she has that power is Speaker of the House, right? And it would pass tomorrow yeah, a, the if they wanted to." Yeah. Right, but they don't care about that because to them they want to just make it look like, oh, once again the dumb, the Republicans have, have tied our hands and are prevented us from taking bold action, even though we have a majority in the House, the biggest majority we've had in, in fucking a decade. So yeah, it's, it's that's it yeah. is worse. This fucking kind of liberal climate change denial it is worse because people will look at it and go, oh, they're going back to what Obama did. Obama did something good, right? I don't know what it was, but it must be good because it was Obama and I like him because he was black and he was the fucking Democratic president and he was the most progressive president we ever had, right? And he spoke really well. He gave great speeches. He was very, you know, he was very... Yeah, he was articulate you know, black man. He, he, uh, so it's it, this is more fucking dangerous than somebody who just says it's Chinese hoax like Trump because we know he's not going to fucking do anything, so we don't have to worry about that. No, because he's clowning. He's very easy to oppose. Yeah, right. it's really hard to convince. And I have this problem all the time where I talk to business class liberals in my life, like, you know, at work or wherever. And I'm and I and I start criticizing people like Pelosi. And 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 you always and I'm sure you've experienced this maybe with your mom or maybe with other people you talk to where you get that immediate like like un like that instinctive recoil of like, eh, yeah, but like it. And it's like, I know I'm not going to convince you not to vote for these fucking people. Like I, no matter what I, you say to me in this conversation where you say, Oh yeah, you're right. We should do that. You're still at the end of the day, going to go into that fucking voting booth and pull the lever for whatever fucking horrible neoliberal Andrew Cuomo shitty candidate that the democratic party serves to you on a shit covered platter and says, Hey, look, they're not as bad as the other guys, and you can't trust these wild-eyed socialist candidates who are actually going to give uh, the fucking plebs, you know, some scraps. Like that's there, and that makes me really fucking frustrated because I don't know how we reach those people because, again, they're just Republicans who think that they're Democrats. They, they, they're, they're really. They, I, I don't know how we reach those people. I don't really think they are reachable. Like I, I think we need to make the party so far left that it's untenable for them to keep calling themselves Democrats is the only way to keep reaching them. Right. Because the the younger generation actually is on our side on the policies, and we could still build a, a winning coalition if we get all the younger generation to support leftist candidates and make it so untenable for the business class liberals to even could call themselves Democrats anymore that they'll all start their own fucking party like they did in Britain, you know, the well, independent group. Or whatever. It's, it's framing. And, and I hate, you know, s slogans and labels, but that's, that's part of the problem because this article, this Bloomberg article says, uh, refers to people to Pelosi's left as more liberal. And it's like, no, more liberal means more <laughs> to the right. If you're more liberal, that means you're more to the right. You're more of a centrist, you're more to the right, right? More to the left mm -hmm. is the opposite of more liberal, 
right? So anytime somebody says, well, the, the you know, the uh, AOC and Bernie are too liberal. It's like, no, I mean, they, for me, they are because they're actually far yeah, to the right yeah. of me. Say, yeah, they are more liberal because the they're they more think. to the right. But when people who are on the right or, or centrist say, well, they're too liberal. It's like, you don't know what that fucking word means. Liberal means centrist. When, when I talk to, there's people I know who are on the right and they're like, what do you mean liberal is centrist? Liberal is left. I'm like, okay, uh, l- let's look at these policies. Okay, where, where does Joe Biden sit on, on women's reproductive freedom? Where does Hillary Clinton sit on, uh, you know, the sovereignty of nations and, inter, and, and interventionism? Uh, where does, you know, where, where does um, someone like Beto O'Rourke come down on, on universal health care or free college tuition? They're all fucking centrist. They they don't want any, anything or, or to move one way or the other. Green energy. Yeah, yeah. So to say that liberals are the left is is just factually wrong. Um, to, to say that you know even Bernie or AOC is really left wing is only accurate in this country because they're like you know the extreme left. If you if you look at who uh, somebody like Chuck Schumer is, um, but yeah, well that's why like. Those same people, when you when you say to them, those business class liberals, when you say to them, Bernie Sanders is a centrist, like he's the farthest right I'm willing to go. They look at you like you have 15 heads, but you're like, look at the fucking facts. Look at the fucking statistics national or internationally. Look at everything that the country supports. He's middle of the fucking road, like by every available metric. Now that I want to support him because he's the furthest, most left candidate running, but they, like I. We we need a major paradigm shift, and I really feel like I don't understand how it's going to happen. I I am not even remotely hopeful that that we're going to be able to to get to where we need to be before the Democrats and the Republicans fucking destroy the country. Because I like the revolution I, already happened. Eighty percent support a Green New Deal. Seventy two percent support uh, Medicare for all. I think it's about sixty percent that f- support free college tuition. Uh, it, more more Republican voters support Medicare for all than Democratic senators. Okay, the revolution. Yeah. We did the fucking majority work. of Republicans. We did the fucking work. The problem is, even though people are are, are right on the policies because they materially know what's good for them, you have people. You have this giant media empire lying to them every fucking day, uh, convincing Democrats to support candidates that don't support their own material interests. That think think that uh, you know that millennials complaining that they can't ever buy a house in their life is you know them whinging needlessly. You know, he's like, oh, you got it so tough. Don't put me on. Like, do you think he thinks he's going to fucking get votes with that shit? He does. He know that he's being recorded and that every fucking millennial has seen that clip before. You you mean this clip? And so the younger generation now tells me how tough things are. Give me a break. No, no. I have no empathy. No empathy. No empathy for for people who uh, have to choose between paying rent and uh, taking their insulin. Joe has no empathy for those people. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck anyone that wants to fuck fucking vote for Joe Biden. Fuck anyone that's going to vote for Kamala Harris. Fuck anyone who's going to vote for Beto O'Rourke. Fuck you. If you're listening to the show and you're a fan of any of those people and you think that, well, if Bernie doesn't get it, I'll just vote for them. Fuck you. But comrade, have you considered eating less avocado toast? Mm. Um, I can't afford avocados. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
well that's because you've been buying too much fucking uh you know uh, uh, w- w- what else do millennials buy way too much of which is why uh, well, they can't afford homes everyone i know drinks a lot to dull the pain and misery of our <laughs> yeah, ecological right. global suicide we're committing yeah but you know uh, yeah so that's what i mean is i i just don't know how we're going to bridge that disconnect because everyone supports the policies that we want to see enacted. You know, a vast majority of the country does, but people are still very fucking willing because of their just, just unbelievably uh, Pavlovian training since birth from the media of like, well, I still got to support whoever the Democrat is. We got to support him no matter who wins. And I still fucking have arguments with Bernie supporters on fucking Twitter who say, yeah, I know. But guys, you can't not vote for whoever the Democratic nominee is, because then a vote for, you know, a vote against whoever the Democratic nominee is, is a vote for Trump. And yada, yada. And it's like, I can't fucking have this conversation anymore with these idiots. Like, I don't understand how to reach these people. And I really fear that the Democrats are going to rely on fucking over Bernie and hoping that they'll get enough votes to get that candidate over the hump or not really giving a fuck either way. And either way, we're going to get eight years of Trump or we're going to get eight fucking years of Joe Biden or some other neoliberal nightmare to the point where we're not going to be able to do shit about climate change by the time that Joe Biden's term is up. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to, you think we're going to get a green new deal after fucking eight years of Biden? Give me a break. We're not even, we're probably going to go backwards on climate. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I I just feel really fucking hopeless about the whole situation, honestly, because I don't know how we get how we bridge that gap. I don't see it happening unless Bernie miraculously fucking, you know, pull has like a rocky moment yeah. and and manages to beat all these fucking. So guys. I I was looking at some of the May Day rallies and protests and melees around the country. Very low attendance, right? And even out of places that are, you know, just totally radicalized hotbeds of, of activism like portland oregon very small crowds right and, and i've it was back in 2012 there was something like five thousand people in the streets in portland oregon and just like wow. huge melees with the police and now there's just a couple dozen here and there it's like fucking we gotta we gotta like a, a real fascist as president and you still can't get people out in the streets i mean the best we got was the women's march which wasn't even a march it was just a rally where they wouldn't even take on like any kind of anti-war framing. So yeah, now they they tweet smears about female presidential candidates who are anti-war. Like that's what the women's marches use their fucking political capital <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, going after Tulsi Gabbard after they praise fucking the corpse of Barbara Bush, piece of shit. Um. So yeah, I, I think that the the kind of the, the mainstream has taken on a, a very democratic socialist, or has always been a very democratic socialist. Uh, platform policy minded thing. If if eight percent want a green new deal, seventy percent want Medicare for all, sixty percent want uh, free college tuition, we're there already, right? But how do we get people to realize they have to fight harder for the things that they deserve? I I, I don't know the answer. I mean, I, I I sadly think like so. This is the first um election where millennials will be the largest voting block but there's still a lot of millennials and people i fucking went to high school with who i see on twitter all the time or facebook who just don't give a fuck they listen to pod save america and they think that they're super progressive uh and and they think that like you know any fucking blue will do and it's like i don't understand how we get through to these people that they need to fucking take some more 
responsibility to well, enact the policies. Get him to start reading some fucking Marx. Find him a translation of the Communist Manifesto and just start dropping that little little pamphlets and zines around your fucking place. Um, <laughs> although there was, I saw a great, uh, it wasn't an audience headline, but it was um, some other parody website where it's just like a headline and like a little picture that goes along with it. And it said, uh, uh, it was like um, capitalism yet again survives anarchist bike collectives uh brutal zine campaign <laughs> i saw that i saw that that, that was, was good yeah that, that was it was like almost written as like a personal attack on you that was like oh i know yeah well i mean trust me like I'm, i've never been big into zines because it's just like i don't get you know like oh hey look i made a little comic book about uh you know how to not talk to the fbi and i'm trying to sell it at this little expo uh on a college campus you know it's like okay let's give it a break but whatever fucking creativity hobby do it do whatever you gotta do i love it yeah. i love it on that level it's just i mean that doesn't mean i'm gonna read it but i love that you're doing sure it. sure and, and you know you can actually learn shit like if you're very new to, to radical left-wing politics and you're just like oh i'm on college campus what is all i'm 19 now what's this fucking thing with carl marx you know like yeah no it's a great so it's Jack a great jump off for people are just kidding. um but th- there was a great zine somebody gave to me a long time ago like over 10 years ago and it was stuff i kind of knew but it put it in a really logical framework and it was about um you know the the different ways that police will lie to you and manipulate you and gaslight you into incriminating yourself and it talked about like mm. the different tactics they'll use during interrogation and how well they'll lie to you to make you after hour, after hour, after hour, you start to get Stockholm syndrome and you think, well, they don't really have any problem with me. They're just, they're just looking for me to prove I'm not a criminal. And the whole time they're just waiting for you to fucking say it. And the thing you got to keep in mind is if they had any evidence against you, they wouldn't bother interviewing you. That's the least effective use of their time. Right? So if they're interviewing you at all, for any crime, whether it's civil disobedience or anything, they are just collecting information to use against you. Nothing more. And anything yeah. you say can and will be used against you. They will tell you that right off the bat. And then you will they'll lie to you about everything they say after that to make you forget that that is what their goal is. Um, but yeah, anytime, anytime a cop is talking to you and you think that they're talking to you because you're under suspicion, they will, you know, just just remember that that the only reason they're talking to you is because they already have no evidence. So if they're wasting their time talking to you, you should take pride in knowing they have nothing against you. Yeah. Unless you're in Chicago and then they'll hook your nuts up to a car battery and, and shock you into yeah. fucking. <laughs> do you know, do you, you know that story about John? You ever, I, I, I was fucking, I couldn't, I read a story about that like recently. Cause it was, you know, it, it of course didn't make huge news like outside of like activist communities, but there was this guy for people that don't know John Burge, who was the Chicago police chief for like 20 years, literally ran a fucking torture program. He, he would bring people in and torture, you know, false confessions at them. He would like hook people's nuts up to car batteries and shock that like he's yeah. a fucking maniac. He actually went to jail. Chicago. For so, I, I can't believe. Uh, like, yeah. Up, up until just uh, two years ago, Chicago was operating a black site. It was it was a unlisted facility, unregistered. Uh, the city council didn't even know about it, where they would take people to jail and interrogate them. And there was no there was no address on the building. Um, you know, only police were allowed in and out. There was no you know no no citizen group knew about this. No uh, police accountability group knew about this site. And it was this huge brick building. It was like half a city block. 
And they, that this is where they took people if they wanted to, you know, shake them down and make them think that they're going to just be disappeared forever. You know, where they do, they do like, um, you know, mock executions or mock beatings where they, they do everything they can to make the person think they're going to be killed or tortured and then mm-hmm. stop, you know, one stop short of it, which is, which is of course exactly yeah. what the CIA does. I mean, they'll do actual yeah. torture in other countries, but that's the idea is that you, you well, make them well, think. Mock, sex, gonna... mock execution is, is insane mental torture. I mean, like that's, it's considered by, you know, by all international standards to be torture because you're literally making the person think that you're going to kill them. It's like the most disturbing thing you could do to somebody psychologically. Sure is put a fucking gun to their head and put a bag right. over their head. Well, we've like, seen this in movies so much that it's just like, oh, he, we knew the hero wouldn't kill them. Um, and then they, you know, pretend like, no, you, you gotta, you know, you call them like the good cop, bad cop thing. Like, take it easy, take a break, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all an act. And we, we think it's hilarious because like, haha, the bad guy is tricked by it. Um, but imagine if somebody no, did that to you yeah, and you didn't know who they were. Imagine fucking any stranger <laughs> with a badge putting a gun to your head, what that would do to you psychologically. Yeah. Yeah, no. So fucking a cab, you know, and all that. But um yeah, so uh, I think we covered pretty much everything we wanted to touch on. I, I I wish I had a more hopeful note to end the episode on, but uh we're not living in super hopeful times, you know. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just very dismayed by how uh how easily everyone's gone along with the media narrative that joe biden is the obvious front runner immediately i, I don't but, know, you know that I real mean, people who really, really follow politics are going along with it but it's you know our 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 click of twitter not. people who are revealing that you know the cnn poll only polled people who are you know within inches of retirement um if if tyt is not going to cover that every single day what are they there for mm-hmm yeah. And I don't know that regular people are getting I, I feel like that's very few people realize that that that's happening. Like that's that's my worry is that it's just, you know, I, which is obviously the intent is to build, you know, consensus for all this shit. But I, I just. Uh, I don't know. Um. Oh, but you know, I did want to mention, actually, before we got out of here, uh, just a, actually a fun little thing that happened today on Twitter. Um. So. Uh, the Daily Caller, uh, I think it was Daily Caller, or The Daily Wire, one of the shit, you know, uh, right wing, you know, uh, the things that are trying to be hip that are run by like, you know, uh, geriatric, you know, 90 year olds uh, tweeted out a meme today uh, saying like, uh, what do we say to the God of socialism? And then, you know, Arya Stark replying, not today. It was like, you know, that what do we say? To the God of death serial for right. quote. Um and the actor who played Serial Pharrell on Game of Thrones tweeted back, I do not endorse this. And then what, so what's his name in real life? Uh, you know, I don't have it with me at the moment. But and then so. Uh, oh, it's. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it's Mi- Miltos. You're you're uh, Yeah, something something to that effect. Serial Pharrell. He so he tweeted that out <laughs> and. um Someone tweeted, uh, Cyril Farrell is a comrade. And then he tweeted, I certainly am and proud of it. People first with a fist. Yeah, so, no, that, that was great. I, that was I, a great little surprise. He he said that, you know, at the very least, we should have a, a highly regulated or well-regulated uh, markets and uh, public utilities. And some people said, well, at the very least, we need to have, you know, democracy in the workplace. You know, so like whatever. It's still 
well, he's, he's, he's on the right. He's democratic exactly. socialism. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know. You can tell he's not part of liberal Hollywood because nobody in liberal Hollywood would yeah. ever say something like that. No, God, no. God, no. They would be they would be terrified. And, you know, so now I, I, I'm calling for a total retcon of everything that's happened on Game of Thrones. You know, they never showed Cyril Farrell's death on screen. I mean, he could easily be brought back and sit on the Iron Throne by the end of this and then bring actual <laughs> yeah, totally. you know, democratic socialism totally to could. the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros. <laughs> so that's 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 my headcanon. What should happen now? Fuck Danny. Fuck John. Fuck everyone else on that show. He, I think we should. Everyone should be behind Syria to take over the uh, Iron Throne. But yeah, so. Yeah, so somebody tweeted in response to that. Um, they see they see things the left like and they try to ruin it for them by trying to get it associated with fascism or white supremacy. It's just a power grab. This is normal. And then he responded with hashtag truth. So yeah, it's it. And mm-hmm. someone else said, what do we say to capitalism? And he says, now that's more like it. At least we should have a well-regulated market and state utilities. So, uh, you know, he's clearly, you know, kind of in that, in that Bernie area where he's definitely anti-capitalist, yeah. but maybe not quite where Marx was at the time, but still, sure. you know, the thing with Adam, if, someone in from Hollywood, I'll fucking take it. You know, that's right. Well, he's not from Hollywood, clearly, you know, because well, yeah, those people, yeah. they, they're, you know, they're all fucking cops. Actually, most of Game of Thrones uh, actor, most Game of Thrones actors are, are British. I think like most, very few American yeah, yeah. Uh, actors on that show. Yeah, well, P- Peter Dinklage also British, you know. So. Peter Dinklage is like, <laughs> no. oh yeah, that's... no, he's not. He's Wait, like no, the one no, guy who's American. Like American, right? <laughs> yeah. No, he, he yeah, Nicholas Carter Waldo is like Norwegian or some shit. Like yeah. you know, uh, Lena Headley, I believe, is British, right? They're all British except for Peter Dinklage, basically. Yeah, and he's like the one okay. that everyone's like, no, he's British, right? And he's like, nope. Sorry, not British. <laughs> he hates doing interviews. I don't know if you ever try to watch a Peter Dinklage interview and just feel how awkward and uncomfortable it is because you can you can tell he just hates doing it. He hates the press. He hates interviews. I feel so bad for that dude because he's like such a, a great actor, but like I, I, I'm sure all he ever gets is like you know just I. It's a shame he's had to, he had to do so many like typecast roles before he got to do such a meaty fucking role like Tyrion. Although I don't know if you've ever seen it, he did this great indie movie called The Station Agent. Um, really I good. I haven't seen uh, that, but I saw another um, another indie movie he did. Uh, Living in Oblivion was pretty good. I don't know if you ever saw that one. He's but... a really good fucking actor. No, I've never seen that. I got to check that. Yeah. If you want to hear our Game of Thrones uh, insights, you can <laughs> listen to our uh, Game of Thrones review podcast. Uh, we do a review every week after uh, the new episode of Game of Thrones airs on Monday nights. Uh, it's called Left of the Throne. You can find that on our main podcast feed that you're listening to this on. Um, if you want to help the show out, you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us uh, raise up in the rankings and helps more people hear us. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, be sure to share out the link on all your social media accounts. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us over on Facebook, uh, you can do that at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, we are on Patreon. If you want to support the show that way, patreon.com slash move left. Uh, if you want to pick up some merch from the show, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash move left merch. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. 
I am on Twitter at Smut Collector. Uh, just scrolling further down in this thread, somebody tweeted in quotations, keep politics out of fo- out of sports and acting, except for neoliberalist capitalism, of course. That can stay. And then uh, Miltos responded, ha ha, ain't that the truth? So clearly he's experienced the... the the pushback on his, Zero's yeah, he's totally, he's totally down. So get on Twitter, share the podcast, check out our Game of Thrones reviews. They're fucking a lot of fun to do. Um, thank you. And I got like three left. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you next week or on Monday. If you listen to Game of Thrones and you're not, <laughs> you know, a weirdo. <laughs>